When I first stumbled on the Bremer Hill murders, I couldn't believe that people were capable of such evil deeds. Murders are terrible, regardless of how it's done. But torture? That's something that I would never expect from a country like Hong Kong, a country that feels so safe to me. As I pen down my notes on the case, I seek solace that at least three criminals were caught and tried in public. From 1UP Media, this is Bedtime True Crime. Today's story takes us to the heart of Hong Kong in 1985. This was the bygone era of colonial Hong Kong, when the city was still in the prime of its power and prestige. It was a time when the British colonial authorities were firmly in control, and the local population was subject to their rule. It was a typical afternoon on 20th April, 1985, when 17-year-old Kenneth McBride and his 18-year-old girlfriend, Nicola Myers, went out for an outdoor revision session on Bremer Hill. Bremer Hill was a popular and highly sought-after residential area, known for its natural beauty and stunning views of the surrounding landscape. Standing at a height of 200 meters, the hill offers a commanding view of the surrounding area, including the picturesque Victoria Harbor, the bustling metropolis of Causeway Bay, and the green hills of Tai Tam Country Park. It was the kind of place where residents and visitors alike could enjoy a peaceful and idyllic lifestyle, far away from the hustle and bustle of the city. It was the most unexpected and highly unlikely place for a brutal and violent crime to occur. Hong Kong has had a long and storied history, and the city has experienced its fair share of violence over the years. However, the violence that had occurred in the city up until that point had been relatively contained, with most of it being confined to the activities of organized criminal gangs known as triads. These groups, which have been active in the city for many years, were known for their violent and ruthless tactics, which they used to maintain their control over various criminal enterprises. While their activities often led to clashes and violent confrontations, the impact of their activities had been limited to a relatively small number of individuals, and the broader community had largely been unaffected. With this in mind, the young couple, eager to take advantage of the beautiful weather, set out for what should have been a routine study session. However, when McBride and Myers failed to return home that evening, their families grew concerned and immediately reported them missing. Kenneth McBride and Nicola Myers were two young students who had their entire lives ahead of them. They were studying for their A-level examinations and had chosen to spend the day revising in the peaceful surroundings of Braemar Hill. However, they were not alone on the hill that day. A group of local triad members were also in the area, looking for opportunities to make a quick profit. The group consisted of five individuals, whose ages ranged from 16 to 25. It was led by a man named Pang, he was 25 years old at the time and was known to be a seasoned criminal with a history of theft and violence. 
According to reports, Pong had proposed the notion of stealing a cable from a government aerial station located on the hill to his fellow group members. Pong was a charismatic and persuasive figure with a knack for convincing others to follow his lead. He was known to be a skilled thief, having successfully carried out a number of high-profile robberies in the past. As the leader of the group, Pong was responsible for planning and executing the theft, and his experience and expertise were invaluable in ensuring the operation went smoothly. However, after several failed attempts to steal the cable, the group of five triad members were left disappointed and disheartened. They had hoped to make some quick cash, but their failure had left them with nothing to show for their efforts. The group members were frustrated and began to discuss their next course of action. As they were weighing their options, they spotted Kenneth McBride and Nicola Myers on a secluded pathway on the hillside. Believing that the couple must be wealthy due to their European appearance, the group made the decision to approach them and carry out a robbery. They also decided to, quote, have some fun with the couple. As the group approached McBride and Myers, they demanded that the couple hand over their belongings. However, it was reported that the couple only had one dollar on them, which greatly angered the group of triad members. They felt that they had been duped by the couple and that they were not as wealthy as they had initially assumed. The situation quickly escalated and the gangsters began to physically assault the teenagers in a fit of rage. Hours passed before the first signs of daylight began to emerge, and it wouldn't be long till the true extent of the horror was revealed. A hiker was making his way through the area when he stumbled upon the grisly scene. Shocked and traumatized by what he had seen, he immediately called for help. Emergency responders rushed to the scene, but it was too late. The authorities wasted no time in launching a massive search operation. The search was one of the largest ever mounted in the region, with over 800 policemen and numerous personnel from the British forces overseas Hong Kong mobilized to scour the area for any clues or evidence. First, they focused on the bodies, and the details of the violence inflicted upon McBride and Myers are truly horrific and difficult to comprehend. Kenneth McBride was found bound and gagged, his body battered and bruised with over a hundred injuries. Upon closer examination, it was revealed that he had suffered multiple fractures to his skull, broken ribs, and severe cuts and bruises all over his body. The extent of his injuries also indicated that he had been subjected to a prolonged and savage beating, likely with a blunt object or weapon. It didn't take the police long to uncover several wooden sticks that are believed to have been used to bludgeon him to death. Meanwhile, Nicola Myers was left with multiple injuries, including a broken jaw. 
the horrific attack involved not only physical violence, but also sexual assault. The evidence collected from the crime scene revealed that Myers had been raped, and traces of semen were found on her body. But the thing that stood out the most is the fact that her left eyeball was missing from its socket. This is an injury that is almost too difficult to imagine. Her eyeball would have been forcibly removed, likely causing significant trauma to the surrounding tissues and nerves. In addition to the wooden sticks found on the crime scene, investigators also found torn exercise books scattered along the hillside where the bodies were found. Moreover, partial fingerprints were discovered on the wooden sticks in the torn books. Unfortunately, due to the relatively primitive state of forensic science at the time, the evidence collected from the crime scene and the victims was inadequate to conclusively identify the perpetrator. The lack of modern forensic technology made the investigation much more challenging and required the police to rely on more conventional techniques. The investigation into the brutal murders of McBride and Myers was perhaps one of the most extensive in the history of Hong Kong. The police interviewed over 10,000 individuals who lived in the area, including known triad members, but all leads proved fruitless. The shocking nature of the crime sent shockwaves through the community particularly as it involved the brutal killing of two British citizens, a rare occurrence in Hong Kong at the time. The community was left reeling in the aftermath of the murders, and many residents were understandably fearful for their safety. Several months after the brutal murders, the Royal Hong Kong Police received a substantial donation of 500,000 Hong Kong dollars from an anonymous Hong Kong businessman. Taking inflation into account, the value of this amount in today's currency is approximately worth over 110,000 USD. The donation was offered as a reward for anyone who could provide the police with sufficient information that would help solve the case. And because this was a huge sum of money, it is worth noting that it was a powerful incentive to come forward with information about the murders. This was a great help to solving the case, especially for individuals associated with the triad who were known to have a strong monetary drive. Soon enough, the police received a tip-off from an anonymous informant who provided them with valuable information. The informant suggested that a member of their organization named Pang may have been one of the people involved in the murders. Sources state that the anonymous informant who provided this information to the police was believed to be a member of the triad. The same triad that Pang and the other men were a part of. Acting on this information, the police swiftly arrested Pang and his associates within the next 48 hours. In late November, the five members of the gang, including Pang, were named and their ages were revealed to the public. Among the group were two minors, aged 17 and 16 at the time of the crime. The youngest of the group, a 16-year-old named Wan Sam Lung, was the only person that pleaded guilty 
and served as a prosecution witness. It was through his testimony that the court was able to piece together what had happened on the night of the murders. According to the collected confessions, it was revealed that Pong, the mastermind behind the crime, had coerced and threatened the rest of the gang to participate in the attack on the couple. During the attack, Pong raped Myers while the other four members were brutally beating McBride. Although certain parts of their testimonies were unclear, it was revealed that Pong had used the wooden sticks and a bottle to penetrate Myers' genitalia. Following this, the rest of the men then took turns raping Myers multiple times. As the attacks continued, Pong decided that he needed to murder the couple to prevent their identification later on. The group left Bramer Hill following the murders, but not before destroying the couple's textbooks in an attempt to conceal evidence. Prior to the murders, most of the perpetrators had no significant criminal record beyond minor offenses. It was reported that one of the members, a 17-year-old named Cheung, had been recruited by Pang after losing his job and being disowned by his father. Cheung was reportedly vulnerable and easily manipulated by the older members of the gang. This is a common tactic used by gang leaders to recruit new members, particularly vulnerable ones, who they can control and manipulate to carry out their orders. According to reports, Pong, the leader of the gang, was known to be a casual worker and a low-level member of the Triad Society, but he had a reputation for being a bully and a thug in his community. Despite initially denying any involvement, all five perpetrators of the crime were convicted and found guilty by the court. Three of the members, 24-year-old Pong, 25-year-old Chu, and 20-year-old Tam received the death sentence as a result of their crimes, but their sentences were later commuted to life imprisonment in 1993 under the governor and council orders. As for the other two members who were minors at the time of the crime, Cheung and Wan, they were sentenced to be detained at Her Majesty's pleasure. This means that the length of their sentence would be determined by the government, and they would be detained until they were deemed fit to be released. As of today, Pong and Xu remain in prison. Tam, whose full name was Tam Sifun, died of cancer in 2009 at the age of 45. In 1997, following the transfer of sovereignty over Hong Kong, the fate of the two underage killers, Wan and Cheung, fell under the jurisdiction of Chief Executive Tung Chi Hua, who acted as the head of government for Hong Kong at the time. Wan's parents made a plea to the families of the victims, seeking for their forgiveness towards their son. The following year, in 1998, the McBride and Myers families announced that they had forgiven Wan and appealed to Tung for a lesser sentence. This appeal for a reduced sentence for Wan was based on the fact that he had expressed remorse for his actions and shown exemplary behavior during his detention. As a result, Wan's sentence was reduced to 20 years in prison. Wan was released from prison in 2004. 
Upon his release, he expressed his gratitude for the forgiveness shown to him by the McBride and Myers families. He addressed the press stating that the kindness and compassion from the victims' families was both touching and difficult to accept. He promised to take advantage of the opportunity to reintegrate fully back into society. Cheung, on the other hand, was not granted any leniency and continued to be detained at Her Majesty's pleasure due to his lack of remorse and violent behavior during his detention. Not much was reported on Cheung, but following his release in 2007, he was able to find employment as an inspection worker at a public utility. 37 years after the tragic murder of Kenneth McBride and Nicola Myers, their loss is still felt by those who were close to them. Memories of their happy, bright, and optimistic personalities are still cherished by their loved ones. Despite the tragedy that occurred, there have been some efforts to salvage hope and honor the memory of Kenneth McBride and Nicola Myers. One such effort is the establishment of the Kenneth McBride and Nicola Myers Memorial Fund by the Island School, the school in which both McBride and Myers attended during their time in Hong Kong. The fund aims to provide scholarships to financially disadvantaged students, enabling them to continue their secondary education. This is just one way in which the families have chosen to honor the memories of their loved ones and make a positive impact on the world around them. The Braemar Hill murders remain one of the most shocking and notorious crimes in Hong Kong's history. The tragedy of the senseless murders continues to haunt the public, and the story has been told and retold in books, TV shows, and movies. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to follow us. Rest well and see you in the next Bedtime True Crime.